0: Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and we're going to do another lesson in the kingdom of darkness. If you remember, this was a book that Pastor Deborah had written about that area, the kingdom of darkness and ignorance, a kingdom of horrible evil and lying and murdering that's here on planet Earth, and it has a king. His name is Satan and he has princesses and high cherubims and he has rulers and kings called demonic spirits. And they rule and oppress humanity. All those that are in his kingdom and those that he is trying to get into his kingdom, there's always warfare. And this was one of the areas in learning how to help people Pastor Deborah had to learn about. Yes, everybody's here. Okay. So you get seated and we're going to pick up in lesson number 16 of the kingdom of darkness. We are working through a section that is teaching us about the presence of the Lord, that this Satan and his demonic spirits, evil spirits, wicked spirits, unholy spirits got kicked out of when he became an adversary of God, the great creator of all life. And we were working our way through what that presence was about and what it looked like and how he got kicked out. We were working through that and we discovered that humanity was when it was first created, was in this wonderful presence. But they, too, got kicked out. And we have been working through some scriptures that sort of show us what that looked like. The back lesson that we just finished, lesson number 15, we were exploring, and I was teaching on, how Moses, who had helped Israel become set free out of Egypt. Who God's presence was with, was working with, and helping, had gotten into the wilderness. And God was trying to develop it to live in his presence when they were just flesh creatures. They had not been born again yet and did not have the indwelling Holy Spirit. So he was going to help them the best he could, and he was going to give them some commandments, laws for the flesh that would eventually transfer into the soul's mind and the spirit later on. But right now, all that he could work with was the flesh of man and the darkened, deadened, rebellious soul that had been shaped and conformed in the kingdom of darkness, And was really the image and likeness of Satan. So we were working through that. And I was working that Moses had gone up. To this high mountain. Into the very presence of God. Because he had a different relationship. Than the rest of the Israelites. They had forgotten him. They really didn't worship him. They didn't know who he was. And when he went up Into the mountain, he stayed about 40 days. During that time, God and Moses were talking. And God wrote on some stone tablets with the finger of his Holy Spirit, the Ten Commandments. Well, during this time, down at the foot of the mountain, that Israel became afraid. They felt leaderless. But they wanted to worship this God that brought them out of Egypt. So what they had done is they had convinced and put pressure on Moses' brother, Aaron, who had learned the art of making golden idols in Egypt. And the Israelites, who also had non-Israelites with them, began murmuring and complaining to Aaron to build us a God. A statue that we can worship and dance before and sacrifice to. And we will declare that this statue is our God and it brought us out of Egypt. The flesh needs to see an idol, a statue, because it cannot believe in the unseen things. This God was a spirit. It did all this work without ever showing himself. They were still of the culture of Egypt, a flesh dead culture to God. And that's all they knew how to worship God. Because they knew in Egypt, in order to live and survive, they had to worship gods the way the Egyptians did. So in the story that we're working about the presence of the Lord, that Lucifer, who became Satan the adversary of God, this mighty, wonderful presence of this God of Israel that he got kicked out of and that man got kicked out of and that the flesh is not in. And the story, as I said, goes, they built this. We're going to get into this in great detail, this calf, and they worshipped it. God saw it. He talked to Moses. We're going to go through all that. And then after that event was over with, Moses goes back into the mountain and he's asking God, please go with us into this new land. Because God said, I'm not going with you. We'll get into that. So before we get into the depthness and the spiritual implications, let's pray. Would somebody out there like to start us off with prayer? Okay, you go right ahead. And we'll all be quiet, and I'll finish it out. That was short and sweet. Father, we thank you for all that you have brought here today in the Spirit to your garden to teach us through your Holy Spirit, your Spirit of light and life and revelation. You gave us your Spirit who is holy. To teach us, to comfort us, to be with us. To help shape and form us spiritually into a citizen and a king of the kingdom of heaven. To have the mind of Christ, the anointed king. And we thank you for him. That you have given him from you. And we thank you for all you've brought here. This is your work. You are free to stop me anytime to do prayer, deliverance, and healing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the living word of God, amen. All right, let's go back now. We're going to pick up. Moses is up in the mountain. Some bad things have happened. And Moses is asking God, because God has already told him, we're going to go into that story. Please let your presence go with us. And we're going to go back and pick up from 15 back to Exodus 33, 14 through 23. And we're going to pick up in verse 17. And the Lord said unto Moses up on the mountain the second time, I will do this thing. My presence will go with you also that you have spoken. You'll learn right there. You must have a relationship with this God. You must be able to speak to him, ask him to do things, petition him. Yeah, Pastor Deborah got that after a while. It took me a while. For you have found grace and favor in my sight. Can God say that about your spirit? That it has found grace, mercy, forgiveness, respect. It's in a right relationship with God. Can it say that about you in his sight? And I know you by name, by your nature, by your character, by you personally and intimately. Does God know you that way? What kind of character would he see in your spirit? What kind of character would he see in your soul? What would be the nature he would put on your soul or your spirit? Is your spirit dead to him, mean separated, not connected to him? Is your soul evil and wicked, like the king of the kingdom of darkness? He already knows, but do you know? Hmm? You don't? Well, that would be something to ask him to show to you, to reveal to you, your character, your nature, and to show it to you intimately. Verse 18 And he, Moses, said to God, Can you talk to God like Moses? Moses wasn't even a born-again spirit yet. But he had a deep, intimate relationship to God. I beseech you, I pray, I petition you. I ask you to show and reveal your glory. What? Why would Moses want to see his glory? What is God's glory? Have you ever asked God to show you his glory? Now Moses saw a lot of it during the battle in Egypt. When locusts were multiplying, hail coming down as fire, the parting of the Red Sea, the closing of the Red Sea, the death angel going through all of Egypt. Wasn't that God's glory? Didn't Moses see God at work when he changed his staff into a serpent? And it devoured all the Pharaoh's magicians, staffs who had also become a serpent? What about the Nile River turning to blood? Wasn't that God's glory? Or was that something else? Verse 19. And he, the Lord, said to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name declare my nature and character my being and essence my image and likeness of myself before you wow has God ever said that to you that even though you may have seen a lot of his works he may not have ever shown you himself. Yeah, he can do work, but you never get to know him. You don't know how to interpret his work. Let's look at Egypt. The Nile turns red with blood, they said. But the Pharaoh said, oh no, some, a mountain spewed out some red clay. That was it. When the locusts came and started devouring the fields... Pharaoh said that was just nature. That's happened before. Did you know that the Pharaoh's magicians could also do much of these things that God was doing? Because they had some demon spirits from the kingdom of darkness helping them. But they couldn't do them all. What did Pharaoh say? When hail falls down... From the sky and when it hits the land. It bursts into flames. I don't think his magicians. From the kingdom of darkness and Satan. Could do that. Mm -mm. There was battles between gods going on. God was battling these other gods of Egypt. I want to tell you a story. That just happened to Pastor Deborah. This week there has been in the last say month or two. Almost weekly thunderstorms with lightning and thunder rolling through the Gulf Coast. Husband can't sleep much because he has to be up with the dog who gets frightened and shakes and wants to escape. He gets stressed out. Husband is stressed out. I am stressed out. Week after week, hours after hours, this stuff goes through. So stressful on everybody. I prayed for God to help us. Well this week. There was another front. Moving in from the west. From Texas, Louisiana. But there was this big high. Up in the northeast. Sending and pushing against it. And it could not come this way. Because God. I had asked God to give us rest. Husband needed to sleep and rest. Dog needed to sleep and rest and get over the fear and the stress. I needed rest because when they don't rest, I didn't rest. And I'm sitting outside and God said that his spirit was in the wind, the high. And it was now fighting and pushing back against the kingdom of darkness and Satan's demon princesses who were in that storm that was coming out of the Gulf of Mexico, a big low, wanting to come this way across Pensacola. And God's big high pressure, it, the wind, was pushing it back. Because I learned from watching about ancient Rome and Egypt, That humanity believed there were gods of the sea, gods of the air, gods of the wind, gods of the water, gods in rivers and land. And sometimes they went into battle. Yes, and if you watch that, you'll see what it was is Satan knew all of nature. The wind, the water, the air, gravity, everything God created and it was his but when he fell and he brought his kingdom of darkness to the earth, he said his demonic princesses after they had a hoopla and all got and everybody got destroyed in the flood, Satan decided to get organized. he put a demon in the low pressure, in the clouds, in the seas in the water and they when these great storms came and how this revelation came was God had set a boundary for the oceans that it was not to cross. It was to stay in its place, you know, be peaceful, do what it's. But when hurricanes come or tidal waves or tsunamis, the ocean was not paying attention. It was out of order because something had gotten in there from the kingdom of darkness, pushing that water Out of its boundaries. And God revealed to me. That this storm. Was of Satan. And some of his demon princesses. Who who were trying to be. As God. And control the weather. But God put the high pressure there, and it pushed back against that low, and it never came this way. Louisiana and Texas flooded and flooded and flooded. And they were talking about a first a, a storm coming up out, of, and God said His spirit in, was in the wind. The wind actually from the high pressure, which probably was a powerful angelic host of heaven. A servant of God spoke to me. Now you wait till the wind speaks to you. Okay, I'm moving now as Christ Jesus was in relationship to nature. The spirit in the wind said, I am of the Lord God of Israel and I am here to do battle for you. And I will protect you with my high pressure. And I am pushing back against this storm that's of a demonic nature of the kingdom of darkness. And for a whole week, we had wind and wind and wind and wind. And you could hear it in the trees, the battle that was going on. But that stuff from the kingdom of darkness and through that prince never came to where i live and we've had a peaceful non-thunderstorm lightning week and so will next week now it's been hot cuz the high pressure according to god's order is more powerful than the low but i learned that satan's kingdom of darkness is in the weather it can stir up the waves the animals It can stir up the locust, the nature. But if you're not looking for that, you're just fighting against the kingdom of darkness and death. That was this week. I learned that. Can you believe it? The presence of God was with me. It was talking to me out of the high pressure. It was an angelic host with a power of the Holy Ghost, power of God himself, pushing doing battle for me here in Pensacola, Florida, spiritually and in the natural. So here's this Moses. He's up on the mountain. He's talking to this God. He saw these works, but he had never had any real personal. He had one little personal interaction from a burning bush that talked to him. But now his people had gone astray when he was getting the Ten Commandments. On stone. And Moses goes back up to the mountain. Mm -hmm. And says please sir. If you're not going to go with us. We're not going into this new land. Because if your presence does not go with us. Then our enemies will defeat us. If that presence of the Lord had not been with Pastor Deborah. That storm would have come this way. We probably would have had a hurricane come right on up here through Pensacola. And we wouldn't have had rest. So Moses goes back up to the mountain. And he's saying, can you show me your glory? See, there's a difference with God. He can do his works and you can see his works. But he doesn't have to talk to you. He can just do them. But you don't see his glory, his goodness, his mercy, his nature. So Moses was asking him for that. And God continues to say to Moses, And I will be gracious, full of favor, to whom I will be gracious and to whom I will show mercy. I will show mercy. So you have to have this relationship like Moses had. You have to have favor in his sight. He must know your character spiritually and in the natural you must have that relationship. Then you must ask him. Some people just want to see his works. They just want free things. They don't want him. They don't want to know him. They just want free food, free this, free that. Just heal me. They don't care. Just They'll thank any God. And that's what Israel started doing. Now, we're, before we go any further, we're going to do the back Teaching to how this all came about before we go forward. So what happened was. We got a situation here. We got God brought these people out with mighty works. I'm Going to bring you in the wilderness, make you a nation. I'm going to give you some laws. And then hopefully, eventually the rest of all the world, Egypt, all the nations. Will desire to be as you are and have me as their God's. And they will cast away all these polygods by my graciousness and favor that I have put on you. And you are to tell them about it. And your whole adventure is to be a story unto other nations. But I got to give you some new laws now. Not the laws of Egypt. Not the laws of the flesh that you have learned. But some new laws. So that's where Moses. So let's pick up now. And I'm going to be looking down because I'm going to be looking at my paper. And it goes, we got to go back just a little bit so we can understand the power of this presence of God. And why it is so important in your life and what Satan got kicked out of and what is not in the kingdom of darkness that you must understand. So let's go Exodus 31 18. This is the back story that God had called Moses up into the high mountain of Sinai to receive the laws of God. They're out in the wilderness. He's done all these mighty works. He had a relationship with Moses. He says, come up here and I'll write them out and you take them to the people. These laws that were they were going to get were going to be for the spirit. But first, he can't deal with it because it's dead to God, does not have the indwelling Holy Spirit. So he's going to give them the law anyway, and if their flesh and their physical body will follow them, then they will stay in a sort of right relationship with this God, that he can bless them, his presence can be with them. They will become a mighty nation that other nations will want to be like them And have this God as their God. And so what happened was. These laws came out of the heart of God. Out of the kingdom of heaven. And there were to be a physically. For the physical body. Emotionally for the soul. And spiritually. And the spirit would do it. Get enough of it through the soul. Because it was one with the soul at this time. It was covered up like under The foreskin of a penis hidden away in a cocoon. But he's starting to work through the soul, through its ideas and concepts. And he's contrasting his laws to the kingdom of darkness, which was represented by Pharaoh and Egypt. And it would distinguish Israel from all other nations and people. Verse Exodus 31, verse 18. And God gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing and talking with Moses upon this mountain Sinai, upon two tablets of stone, which had the ten laws, the commandments, God had written on them with the finger of God, his Holy Spirit, the tablets were One was how to relate to God, how to relate to other humans, okay? Exodus 32, 1 through 35. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the Mount of Sinai, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother and said unto him, up, you get up. And make us gods. Now these people at the foot of the mountain. Included Israel. Visitors. Slaves. Non-believers. Even the uh, sister of the Pharaoh. Who had saved Moses. Not all of them were believers of this God. They put the pressure on Aaron. Make us gods. They still did not understand. That only one God had freed them from Egypt. For 400 years worshipped other gods. Gods with an S. In order to survive in that culture. As of the oppressed and the slaves. They worshipped whatever their oppressors. Their taskmasters said. There was one tribe of Levi. That stayed with God. That was Moses's mother and father, Aaron and Miriam. They tried, they stayed with them. There was a few, but the majority of the Israelites worshipped Egyptian gods. And yet, this one God who they did not know, and Moses barely knew, had set them physically free from Egypt, from their oppressors, Their taskmasters, after generations of being slaves, their soul and their spirit had not been changed. It was still dead to God. They saw his powerful works. They were more in fear of this God and what was happening. They were afraid to hope that they would be free. They didn't know what freedom was. They had been there 400 years. What's freedom? We know the gods, they do a lot of things and they do mighty works and we are supposed to sacrifice to them and worship them. Where a lot of that came from, which came from long ago, out of Abraham's life when he killed a lamb and sacrificed to a god. Prior to that, in the garden when Adam and woman had disobeyed, This God killed an innocent animal, took its skin, and covered the flesh up, put clothes on it. The Holy Spirit was gone. They were defiled. They were just flesh creatures now. So a sacrifice to hide your nakedness, your evil, your flesh from God, to ask His forgiveness was necessary. So throughout time, this happened. Another place we see the sacrifice of an animal. After Noah comes off of the ark. He has some animals to sacrifice in thanksgiving and blessing. And his three kids, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, took that concept and idea that you thank a God through an animal sacrifice. And that traveled out through all of humanity. And eventually shows up over in Egypt. So what happened was... Even though they were physically removed from the situation, their spirit and soul has not been changed. People think I can leave a particular nation, uh, uh, culture, family, and I'm free. No, you're not. Because until your soul is healed and it is changed and your spirit is set free, you are not free. You're physically, but the rest of you is not. They retain their familiar system of getting help, sacrifice to gods, feeling comforted, dance and worship and praise before these gods. To try to get the gods to help them, take care of them when they're in fear. This was what the Israelites learned in Egypt. So here's Moses. He's up on the mountain gone 40 days and the people go we don't know if he's coming back but we know we are to worship and give thanks to God so Aaron build us gods their mind was still darkened from the kingdom of darkness they still thought that way that was their ideas and concepts they were still in ignorance and their mind was still in bondage and slavery to the old ways now they hadn't been out very long Maybe a month. That was it. They were already sort of complaining about you brought us out here to kill us. There's no food. There's no water. This God that you said brought us out. He's trying to kill us. That is the sound of a slave. We would be better off if we were back over there. At least we had food to eat. We knew the rules of being a slave. We knew the rules of the family. I can predict what's going to happen. I know how to fight. So I'm not free. At least I eat. A lot of people still think that way. You want me to go and be responsible? Take care of my own house? Pay my own bills? Be a responsible parent? Not go to bars? Not have sex all the time? You want me to dress better? The old ways stay in the soul. Mental health counseling is trying to change it through cognitive behavioral therapy. Let's change your thinking so it'll change your behaviors. You got some stinking thinking going on, bad concepts. That's what mental health counseling does. But this God says, that's not how it works. You don't change. You have to transform your soul from your spirit that has knowledge and truth. And then it shines into the soul and renews it. So that's a deep inside to the soul. You know a great place to see that is in the Matrix. Where Neo was found through a computer. Spirit stuff. He didn't believe what Morpheus told him that he was the one to stop the war. But through continual encouragement and experience, Neil started believing. Started doing things because he believed, but he didn't know what took a long time for him to grasp it, but he did. But that's a great movie to see how believing slowly takes place, how you have to have words from an oracle, even that you don't believe it. You have to have encouragers like Trinity and Morpheus, the god of dreams, and you have to be put in situations where. You must come up and believe you can help save somebody. And you have to just keep going. All right. So now let's get back to the kingdom of darkness and this presence. So what happened is these people at the foot of the mountain were returning back in their minds and their actions to Egypt. Even though they biologically weren't there. Their mind of ignorance had not been changed yet. And they said to Aaron, make us gods. God's. Build us statues, put gold over them and let us worship them and give them praise for freeing us from Egypt. Mm-hmm. That's where they were. While Moses is up on the mountain, the gods which shall go before us. They shall lead us and guide us. This is what these people were saying to Aaron. Now Aaron doesn't have this relationship with this God like his brother Moses. So he's under great pressure. For as this Moses the man they believe Moses brought them out of Egypt. Not a God and not this unknown unseen God of a lot of people put more emphasis on a prophet that they're to follow. A leader of a movement. A teacher and a guide they're not looking behind the spirits and into the realm of the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of heaven to see what spiritual entity life form is doing the leading they just see the man that's all so in the absence of someone you believe did this helped you saved you one will feel lost when they're gone and will desire to have a seen God, a statue made with earthly materials. To be seen and worshiped, that's the flesh. It must see something with its eyes for its concepts to go. That is what brought us out. There's a working of the eyes, the mind of the subconscious. I'm going to give you a tidbit here. We see in a lot of places People are pulling down statues all over the world of people that have been put up to remember these people who did great things, said great things. I asked God years ago, who's behind pulling the statues down? Was it him or the king of the kingdom of darkness? He said it was him. God, He doesn't want humanity to have any images like this golden cow that was coming, statues to worship to look to he doesn't want you to look to a human he doesn't want you to look at anything that they said because when you build a statue you are raising them up you are worshiping them you are giving them honor and glory when he doesn't want that that is an image and a graven image just like this cow he said i am behind tearing down the statues not venerating humans Who did wonderful things. Because you're lifting up humanity. And you have the statue to remind you. To worship. To pray to. To remember you. And you get stuck on the flesh. Another human. So here we are at the foot of the mountain. Pressure coming on Aaron. Moses up there getting the Ten Commandments. In the presence of God. And down here. In the world of the flesh. The kingdom of darkness things were going on verse 2 and Aaron said unto them break off the your golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters and bring them unto me Aaron knew what to do with gold they had learned this in Egypt verse 3 you give your God's Your goods, your gold to me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. Today, how many pastors said, bring me your money you make. Bring me your goods. Bring them to me. Bring them to the church. Bring your money. Because look at me. I am your God. I don't say that. But you are doing that same thing when you throw money down at the foot of a preacher Or a pastor. You're blessing them. Verse 4. And he, Aaron, received them at their hand. He took the gold. And had fashioned it with a graving tool. After he had made a molten calf. This can be seen so well in the movie. The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. The golden calf. Where did he learn it? Egypt. Where did they learn to do this? Egypt. Egypt. They were doing what they had learned in their soul for 400 years to do. You worship something. A cow was a venerated object in Egypt. I don't know why they didn't do other gods, but they chose a cow. Maybe because it was their animal of sacrifice. Maybe it was what came out of Egypt with them and it went before them. Who knows why they chose a cow? we we'll have to do a deep study into the gods of Egypt. And somehow you're going to find a god. A cow. And they said. This. This golden calf. Be your gods. Aaron said. "O Israel. Which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. What? A cow brought you out of the land of Egypt? I don't think so. You can see the work of God. And attribute it to another God in all those statues I was telling you about around the world that are being pulled down they represent something most of them represent a human that did great things or maybe said things or won battles or still wants to be raised up as a God now maybe they didn't have the statue made but people that honored them praised them and wanted to give them reverence. As a great hero and mighty one. He's saying it's no difference than building the cow. You are saying this person deserves a statue. And let's all look at it and praise it and think honor and stuff. God's behind tearing them down. He wants no statues. Same way with the flags. Mm -hmm. So here we are. A golden calf. People at the foot of the mountain are saying. This is what brought us out. This is the presence This is the God that brought us out. Now, while that's going on, Moses is up there with the real God that brought him out, getting the Ten Commandments on the tablet. And I want to stop right here before we go any further. And I want to stop before we go any further and just let us think about this. In our flesh and soul, even though we are physically freed from something, we will go back to what was familiar. We will go back. And worship nature and animals. And the humans didn't know this. That they weren't supposed to do this yet. They had not seen. This presence of the Lord. They had not been in it. They'd seen his works of his hands. But they attributed. When the time got tough. And Moses the person. This prophet. This leader. Died and went away. They attributed to a cow. Mm -hmm. We all do it. We all lift up. People who started a religion. We lift up prophets. We lift up the leaders of nations who started maybe the first king. We build them mosques. We build them this. We build them that. We give them thanks and praise to our ancestors who brought us forth out of somewhere. And God says, no, you are not in my presence when you do that like Moses was. You are down at the foot of the mountain, and you are just serving other gods, be it a cow, a human, doesn't matter. dog, a cat, an angel, your ancestors, which are humans, you are serving them. You are giving them the credit that I deserve. So let's pray right here. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. This one little section of the presence of the Lord that Satan got kicked out of. And all of humanity. And showing us how Moses had to plead with you. That they were not going to be able to go forth into this new land as freed people and a nation without your presence with them. But first we have to understand how the presence left us. And how we don't even know what it is. And by this story you're helping us to see. How the kingdom of darkness is in our soul. It's in our spirit, and it's coordinated, and it's been implanted through education, planted through seeds of curriculum, oppression, control by the powers that control us. Now we see that a lot in well, how people are thinking about racism. They're working in schools. You're going after the next generation. Where's that come from? You go after the youth. You go after the innocent and you you do propaganda to them. You brainwash them. They're working on your soul. They can get that. They can get your physical body. They can get your emotions. They can get your vote. They can get you to be a part of their herd. And they can kick this God of Israel, the God of freedom and deliverance, out of the land of your spirit, soul, and body, out of the physical earth, is what they're trying to do. They don't want him. Satan doesn't want him. His demon princesses don't want him. They want an earth. Where there's no God. Nothing of his. No presence. No kind of interaction. Relationship with you. In the spirit or the soul. To this God that defeated him. In the battle. For the Israelites out of Egypt. Dear father. Help us to. Get this deep teaching about the king and his kingdom and darkness. And the very presence of God. You that he was cast out of. How he's jealous of it. But yet he takes that pattern and he uses it with humanity. To get them into the flesh and into his presence of the king of the kingdom of darkness. We thank you for all the help you can give us. Cleanse us. Father, don't let us die out in the wilderness for lack of knowledge or understanding. Help us to come high up into your presence to cleanse us. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. I will see all of you in the next lesson of the kingdom of darkness. And we're still going to keep working through the presence of the Lord. When I get finished with that, we will get back to the deep Dark stuff of the kingdom. But you have to understand the presence. So you can understand its contrast in the kingdom of darkness. And how wonderful this presence of the Lord is. And how needful it is in your life. Now other people who serve the king in the kingdom of darkness. They have his presence. And it is powerful. I told you in that storm story. In the low, the lightning, the thunder, the rain, the flood, the fear, the stress, powerful. But it took this spirit of an angelic host of the Lord of God in a high pressure to push that stuff away from Pastor Deborah here in Pensacola, Florida. I had never had the spirit of the wind, an angel of the wind of the Lord talk to me before. I've had eagles talk to me, and dogs talk to me, and cats talk to me, people out of the garden, but never this. So I took one more big step into becoming a Christ, the anointed king on earth from the kingdom of heaven, and nature here to help me, and support me, and protect me, and to do battle. I didn't know that's what was coming. I knew we were tired I didn't sense the spiritual in the other storms. It was probably some little demonic gods or spirits working, working, beating, pressuring, harassing. And then the big one was going to come. And a big king was coming. But a bigger spirit. The presence of the Lord and the high pressure came and pushed that stuff and held it off. Now, I don't tell anybody when I hear that. But I was talking to a, the Spirit of God coming through an angel that was working through the high pressure. The presence of the Lord was with Deborah, Pastor Deborah, here in Pensacola, Florida. There was a spiritual battle going on, and there was a natural battle going on. And you have to understand this so you can want to have that presence of the Lord in your life. And have that God have favor towards you. And to find favor in his sight. So he can show you his works, his hands, and his goodness and mercy. So, see you next lesson on the Kingdom of Darkness. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch this is pastor deborah and i hope you come again and watch many many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the lord's way for many many years come again watch another one and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel to make comments and if you wish to contact pastor deborah Please email her at her email address for the ministry at pastor Deborah at org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love Is Here Ministries. A ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.